Welcome to Teach the Word. Uh, today we're going to talk about the laying on of hands, specifically that phrase in the New Testament, basically. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, we want to open your word, bring out scripture. We pray that you would uh, illuminate your word, bring life to the hearts and minds of those who would listen um, through your scripture. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, uh, I was recently reading in a systematic theology for a course that I'm taking, uh, Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology, and I I was uh, surprised by what I read about the laying on of hands, and, and I did a little digging, and I, and I just wanted to share briefly some of that. Mainly, I've only ever heard of the laying out of hands in uh, in two ways. Um, that is, either in a, the kind of charismatic circle where uh, laying out of hands is is a routine uh, aspect of prayer, specifically for healing, um, or then then the other way is in the in the uh, more of a Baptist tradition where. Uh, Laying on of hands is a, part, is a part of ordination for prayer when when people are being ordained, um, and if how it's talked about uh, in my experience, of course, this is my experience in in either of those camps. If that's the only way that laying on of hands is uh, is portrayed in the New Testament, um, but I was fascinated by what was pointed out. By Wayne Grudem in, in his systematic theology, that there's there's more uh, as context in which the laying on of hands occurs than just those two, and uh, I want to share them in this video. So why don't we start uh, with um, Jesus and the little children in Mark ten. So there's this uh, incident in, in uh, Mark chapter 10 where, uh, here we are, it's, it's 13 through 16. There's a bunch of kids and the disciples don't like it. Then they brought little children to him, him is Jesus, that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and he said to them, let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. So there's the phrase, Jesus laying hands on. Jesus takes up the little children, and he lays his hands on them, and blesses them. This is a, a parallel, this account is in all three of the synoptic gospels. So let's just look at, we just read Mark, let's look at, at um, Matthew. Matthew's is Matthew 19. It'll be very similar, but they're always slightly different. So just let's just look, Matthew 19. Then little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them. 
And Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed from there. So there we don't have him blessing them. We have him praying for them, right? Lay his hands on them and pray. In Mark, we have uh, lay, uh, laid his hands on them and blessed them. So that's Mark 10, 16 or Matthew 19, 13. So it might be reasonable to assume that the content of his prayer was a blessing over the children. But let's just look at the account in Luke. That's the last account. Both Matthew and, or, well, Matthew's was an eyewitness. He was there. Mark is likely, uh, and Luke are likely not eyewitnesses, but they, Mark could have been, but they're li likely, they're uh, secondhand accounts. So Luke is 1913 through, wait, 18. Luke 18, 15. Then he also brought, they also brought infants to him. So this is, this is even uh, different because it's talking about infants, more specific word, that he might touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him and said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. So here the laying out of hands idea isn't even mentioned, just touch. I mean, the phrase isn't mentioned. The idea is there in touch. So, um, important to note here, two things, as is in the case in almost every one of these laying out of hands. Prayer seems to be an aspect. It's, it's part of the laying out of hands. And uh, the purpose here is blessing. As far as we can tell, Jesus is blessing them, blessing their lives. Um, not healing not ordaining to ministry, but just blessing with physical touch and prayer. All right, so that's that's one. Um, another uh, that is is uh, fairly common is connecting to the Holy Spirit, either receiving the Spirit of God, which is a presumably part and parcel with. Uh, salvation or um well i guess it would depend on your paradigm right how, how you're interpreting it you could you could maybe separate it out most would it'd be hard to separate you, you have to have i guess what people would say is either you receive the period you receive the spirit of salvation everyone does to some degree and then later you could receive you know an extra portion, let's say, or, or, or spiritual gifts. So let's just not get bogged down in time and sequence, but just say that uh, the laying out of hands is associated with receiving the Holy Spirit or spiritual gifts being uh, given to individuals. I guess the Holy Spirit is, a, is, is the mediator of the spiritual gifts, so it might be really one and the same concept. But let's just go to some accounts of this happening historically. We can go to Acts. Um, how about Acts 8? We have the uh, apostle Paul is persecuting the church. The, church, the message of the church spreads. And then uh, we're in the city of Samaria. Uh, people have become 
disciples. And uh, that's where we're picking up the story, okay? Verse 14 of Acts 18. Now when the apostles who were in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Spirit. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of hands, the apostle of, of, of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power that on anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Um, they're not very happy about that. If you were to read on, you see that they, they don't really um, answer him too kindly. But the things to point out here is there's still prayer involved, just like with Jesus and the children. Um, and the difference, though, is that uh, they're not, they don't appear to be a simultaneous thing. If you, let me just read it, how, how it reads in this version is New King James. Um, verse 15, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So that's, that's verse 15. 16 is a parenthetical idea. Why are they doing this? For as yet he had fallen on none of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay, that's the parenthesis. So 15, when they had come down, who, that's the apostles, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. And then verse 17, then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's just the way the translation's being worded. Maybe it, Maybe it's not, but it sounds like they're praying for them that they'll receive the Holy Spirit and then laying hands, uh, which is different uh, than I've ever seen. Um, I've always seen the hand laying be a part of prayer, like I said, either for healing at the altar in a, a charismatic style church or for ordaining in an ordination ceremony in a Baptist style church. Uh, so it's going on kind of simultaneous with prayer, but here we have it, prayer first, then hand laying. Uh, so this is for, what I'm trying to say is receiving the Holy Spirit or receiving spiritual gifts. Uh, that's Acts 8, just flip the page, Acts 9, you have uh, very similar, where Paul becomes uh, a believer in Jesus, where he has that moment where he's knocked off the high horse, God uh, sends Ananias to him. And Ananias, Acts 9, 17. And Ananias went his way and entered the house. Laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is this is dual, I guess. There's a miracle. He's He was blinded by the light. So he's receiving sight, so healing, and he's receiving the Holy Spirit. So that would fall under both categories. Laying hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, he has appeared to me. So, and it doesn't seem to be that there's prayer, right? He's actually talking to Saul, saying, God sent me to you that you'd receive your sight. Let me read it again. Ananias went his way, entered the house. Laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's, that's not a prayer. That's just, he's purely administering physical touch. 
to Saul. And he receives the Holy Spirit. You see this with the spiritual gifts of, I believe it's tongues and prophecy in Acts 19. There's a group of people Paul meets and lays hands on. Acts 19, if we just look at verse 6, we'll, we'll skip. He has a conversation with them. Sounds like they don't really believe, they haven't really heard about Jesus. He tells them about Jesus. And then, and, and when Paul had laid hands on them, this is Acts 19, 6, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Doesn't sound like there's prayer here either, right? He's preaching and he lays hand and he he baptizes them. So there's a lot going on. There's a preaching, there's a baptism ceremony in water, and then he lays hands on them. The Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Alright, so let's just look at uh, the, the book of the letters to Timothy because in the letters to Timothy we have the same kind of connection between hand laying and spiritual uh, gifts slash Holy Spirit. Um, Okay, First Timothy four fourteen. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the elders. So, there's a gift given with with, with hands being laid on. So, we're, we're having this connection between hand laying. And the Holy receiving the Holy Spirit and or spiritual gifts, uh, same, same. Either it's the same event or different, but it's the same idea. It's Timothy and hand laying and spiritual gift. Second uh, Timothy one six. We just don't know if Paul was one of the elders who was laying hands in the first idea, but in this is Paul's hands. It says, uh, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So you have gifts of the Spirit or gifts of God slash uh, the Holy Spirit, which is the gift, which enables all the other gifts. And we have blessing. For blessing of children, specifically, for blessing, for receiving the Holy Spirit. Two instances of hand laying that uh, kind of were more or less... Uh, I don't think mentioned all that much in my experience. Let's look at ordination. Ordination is one that I have heard quite a bit about, but we see it in, in more than one place. Uh, since we're in Timothy, we can <coughs> we can look at the caution about ordination. First Timothy five, um, when he's talking, this is a passage. It's all about uh, elders. Um, like if you look at verse seventeen, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Or verse 19, do not receive an accusation against an elder except two or three witnesses. Um, verse 22 says, do not lay hands on anyone hastily, nor share in other people's sins. Keep yourselves pure. So here, 
we have the uh, laying hands is uh, is actually a euphemism, not a euphemism, an idiom, an idiom for ordaining. Do not be, do, this is a more literal translation. If you were to look at many translations, it would say, don't be quick to ordain people. You know, sort out their qualifications. This whole letter is about qualifications for elders. Um, we actually see the process happening, historical accounts of it in Acts, at least two of them. If you look, the ordination of the first set of um, deacons in Acts 6, you see. Uh, let's see, Acts 6. How about Acts? What does it look at? Verse 6. And when they had set them, they, they chose these men. When they had set them before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. So there you have prayer. But it sounds like it's first prayer, then hand laying. Let me just read that again. So they uh, they chose Stephen, yada yada. There's seven that they choose in verse five, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. That's how how it comes out: is prayer, then after prayer, hand laying for ordination. You see the same thing in verse or in chapter thirteen when Saul and uh, Barnabas are sent out by the church in Antioch. They're ordained to be as like missionaries. Uh, says, uh, you know, the, the church gathers together. Um, says, um, then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So that's, that's fasting and prayer. And then, maybe it's all meant to be one whole sequence. Maybe I'm, I'm wrong to just separate it out by the the verbs. Having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So that's part of their the ordaining of Paul and Barnabas in Acts 13, verse 3. <clears throat> so we have that. And then, of course, there's also healing. Healing is, is a very common. If you look, if you do searching for the phrase uh, laying on hands or, or hand... Just search for hands. You, you'll get the, the various iterations of the phrase. That That is going on a lot in the Gospels. It's like what Jesus does when he encounters people. He's laying hands on them and he cures them of their maladies. That's that's basically a tremendous part of his his ministries. Aside from a, a parallel to preaching. He's preaching and he's laying hands on people and curing them. But um, if you look, uh, let's just look at a few passages like, uh, let's go... Let's go to Matthew 9, verse 18. You see how well this was part of Jesus' ministry. People are asking for it. While he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. So he's asking Jesus to lay his hands on her his daughter for healing uh, because Jesus is doing that all the time, laying his hands on people, praying and they're healed. If you, if we look at the account, um, we see that he finally gets in there and he says, and he, he, uh, he touches her verse 29. Oh, that's, I'm sorry. Verse twenty-five. When he when the crowd he he went in he took her by the hand 
and the girl arose. He, he touches her as part of the healing. Anyways, uh, let's just bounce a couple more references and we'll close the video. We'll bounce over to uh, Mark 5. Next book for over for Matthew, Mark 5. Uh, similar thing. We have uh, parallel of that account. We have, and he begged him earnestly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. That's Mark 5.23. It's a request for Jesus to lay hands. Um, and then if you look, bounce down to where it actually happens, you have... Um, he speaks to her. He says, uh, Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha kumi, which is translated, Little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl arose and walked. That's verses uh, 30, 41 and 42. So Jesus always is laying hands on in the healing accounts. Dozens of, I could bring up dozens of references from the Gospels, but I won't. Instead, I'll bring up one from Acts where the Apostle Paul is laying hands in a healing account. If you look, Acts 28, very end of the book, verse 8, he's on the island of Pat, uh, Malta and he uh, heals the father of Publius. Uh, and it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went in to him and prayed, and he laid his hands on him and healed him. So, this is just to say, just to summarize, laying on of hands. Uh, at least we got four, four instances in the New Testament. For blessing, for receiving the Holy Spirit, or gifts of the Spirit, for ordination, and for healing, physical healing. And it's um, all frequently accompanied by prayer. Sometimes the prayer precedes the laying on of hands in the narratives. But just, uh, just hopefully this can widen our view of laying on of hands. It's not just for ordination, not just for prayer for healing, but it can be a, a way to bless, can be... Uh, a way to help people to receive the Holy Spirit or spiritual gifts. Part of the uh, what's going on with Timothy in his life or with the life of believers who's recorded in Acts. Anyways, let's close out. Heavenly Father, we love you. We pray that we would be a people of God who uh, practice physical touch for the blessing of others, for ordaining, for prayer for healing, for prayer for receiving gifts of the Spirit, that we would we would do the kinds of things that the, that the scriptures record being done with physical touch, um, and maybe even more so now than ever in a world that's uh, germ crazed uh, and, and fearful of uh, you know things like COVID nineteen. Let us be a church that practices the laying on of hands, as the early church did. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining.